Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Pocket Rocket podcast. Your girls are back. Mads and I are here to talk to you in episode two about Mads's story, her history, um, her experiences, issues she's had and feedback and resolution and everything else. So um, without further ado, I'm not going to take over this episode because this is all about the tiny tank herself. Hey. hey. Hello. <laughs> Um, How are we? I'm good. How are you, my love? Fantastic, thank you. Been very much looking forward to this. I very much enjoyed our first episode, mm. and I think we've got a lot to delve into here from both sides of both sides of this microphone. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm excited to share the journey a little bit, and I think it will I think it'll spark a lot of questions for people, which obviously yeah. we're very open to answering. But I think it I think it'll be interesting and probably something different for people to hear that potentially they've never really heard before or spoken about or maybe even thought about. Yeah, I agree. Um, I've been excited like ever since we were talked about this. I've been excited for us to go into um, both of our situations. Um, but like for those people that haven't followed you or maybe are new followers to you and they may not have seen your stories. um is it earlier this year or the back end of last year yeah so I think I first shared this I want to say I put a video on my Instagram probably in February after I had my I had I had a blood test basically that confirmed some stuff and then Mm. we took some action off the back of it and had another blood test done and then I did a video about the comparisons Mm. and what we'd done and that was in February um so I'll talk a little bit about that now because Obviously, I mean, I'll talk through the whole journey and kind of why I've got to where I am now and what I'm doing and why I've done it. But give a little bit of an insight into that, because you're right. Some people might not know. Yeah. And I think I think given the sort of whole journey and and the reasons for things and and what we need to kind of look out for a little bit, I think is it's going to be really helpful. Yeah. Um, And I think as well, like that was a very powerful story that you put up Um, and people like say, oh, bloody Instagram this that but actually there aren't many people that are talking about the topic that we are female health if they are they're just like scratching the surface of it like they're not actually getting into the integrity of people's situations um and I think the more that we talk about it the more we normalize it um and so I do think it's a really really important topic to cover and I just want to say like on a a friendship level that thank you very much for being open to talking about this because I think it will change a lot of people's viewpoint of females in the sport but also like their own health as well um so yeah I think as you're open to talking about it I think it's going to be a really really powerful episode so thank you for that no you're welcome I think it's important to be open about this stuff and Mm -hmm. I do welcome questions I think that people can be a bit scared to put their story out there with some things and it can be positive or negative and often people get negative reactions for talking about things that are maybe slightly controversial why they're controversial I don't know if it's Mm. something that people deal with and people need to know about shouldn't shouldn't cause controversy but I think that potentially lack of education as well causes controversy because people get quite touchy about things that are maybe confusing and I think just just sharing just sharing experiences if more people share their experiences with stuff I think we'd all be a lot more comfortable about talking about things and you wouldn't feel so maybe alienated sometimes I think with with issues that maybe you have going on so yeah I mean yeah like we said on the first episode everyone is in the same boat like everyone's had 
issues of some sort. I don't know one woman that's turned around and gone, yeah, like since I was 14 or whatever, I've had no problems. Like it's unheard of. So, um, and it's just like a lot of people let it go by and they ignore it. You've got women that are in their 50s that have had problems their entire life and they've just ignored it. Whereas if you're choosing like we have to do something about it um, and there's no negative impact on our health off the back of it, then why wouldn't more people kind of look into it and experience and investigate and everything else? Um, yeah. But before we get into this, I just want to cover off, as this is really important to say, we are not experts. We are not doctors we are not health professionals we are sharing our stories our issues and the way that we have chosen to deal with them um don't for cheesy sayings and everything else don't try this at home it's like maddie's story so um yeah without further ado mads if you want to kick us off from the beginning like tell us about your blood test and and what you kind of learn off the back of that and and what triggered you to even get your bloods done in the first place yeah so I think I'll start with like probably I think because we covered this a lot on the first episode it's worth tying in is my start of like my contraception because this is has a really yeah. plays a really important part in this so and if you listen to the first episode you'll know I spoke on this really briefly that when I was back when I was sort of 16 um I had the hormonal implant put in my arm and um, for various reasons but the progesterone only implant which a lot of girls use for contraception now I was never told when I had this that it was going to cause my normal hormone production to now not function anymore that the implant takes over that function um, and I would have a consistent release of progesterone into the body or synthetic progesterone into the body and that therefore she switches off your your normal um, production. Now, that's not something that was ever explained to me when I was younger. And while when you're younger, you don't really care about that stuff potentially because you're just focusing at the problem at hand. You know, some people go on the pill for acne or they go on because they're in a sexual relationship or whatever. I think that understanding that might have made me make different choices or maybe a few years down the line, I might have thought about that a little bit more and then maybe removed the implant. And I think that that's a good place to start because the reason why me and Hannah started this podcast was because it came down to like education around people understanding the contraception that they're on and the impacts that can then have on their health long term and short term and long term but mainly long term now I had this hormonal implant in my arm for like 12 years basically I had a short break when I was put on a pill um, and again not a good option not very educated on it and then back on Mm. the implant now taking those like fast forward in through like those 12 years and actually then to the back end of 2021 um I had my um bloods done um off the back of well actually just before I was starting an off season like a, a growth phase and I'd recently undergone surgery so I'd gone through like a cleanup I'd had some surgery and I thought right now's a good time to get my bloods done let's just see where I function let's just see we've not done this in a while so let's have a look and it came back essentially that I was sat still having the implant in my arm just just to add there that I was actually sat in what was technically like kind of like a menopausal state Mm. um my testosterone sat at the bottom of what is considered the scale now every every blood company that or every testing company that you get your blood done through will give the scale slightly differently but however you looked at it I was at the bottom of the scale yeah and my other female sexual hormones were also 
in the floor and they read as what a postmenopausal person would have as their, their hormones. And at this point I was, so this was like November, so November, 2021, um, like a young, a young female, like, what was I, 20, 27? So I was like, okay, well, this isn't okay. So what just to I... interject here, yeah, um, just in case anyone isn't sure what that really means, a postmenopausal state or, or female, what does that mean to you and your everyday life and like your your health, both phys- physical and mental? I think at the time I didn't really understand what that meant. I just knew that my hormones were in the floor and doing a little bit of research beyond that. It was it meant that obviously I didn't menstruate, which I knew from having the impact. I hadn't had a period in, wow, 10 years. Probably I hadn't had a period for. So I then sort of worked out and put two and two together, which might seem very obvious now when we talk about it. But I speak to people every day, including clients that don't realize this, that you're not functioning as a normal female because you're not producing your own hormones. So I started to realize, okay, well, I don't produce my own hormones. I haven't done for the last 12 years. So that means that I'm subjectively choosing to put myself in a post-menopausal state, which surely isn't very healthy. Maybe it's not very healthy. Okay, actually, that doesn't sound very healthy. Did a little bit more research and actually kind of realized that because I've switched off that function for so long in my body, that... I was in a position for as long as I had that in my arm, my body wasn't doing that. And I thought, surely that's actually going to cause some damage because if I'm not allowing my body to do its normal functions, at some point I'd like to have children, you know, I'd like to produce estrogen and my own progesterone and I'd like my, I'd like a cycle to come, you know, where I go through the different phases of, of a menstrual cycle. Maybe if I continue not allowing my body to do that, maybe one day it won't be able to do it for me if I ask it to. Yeah. And that's actually quite a scary thought. Yeah. And to anyone listening, might that might sound dramatic, but it's really not dramatic. And this is something that Hannah will talk about in probably the next episode when we talk about Hannah's journey. But something that you need to understand is that when we stop asking our body to do something for us for a long period of time, when you suddenly ask it to do it again, it's a little bit like brain fog like it may not remember how to do that it yeah. may not it may not in a really simple term like we're not doctors I'm not going to talk in like a, a medical form here but our body may not be able to do that anymore or yeah. you may go past you know your body's not done that for a long time you may come off that contraception at an age where your body's like well, I can't reboot that I can't do that it's got to relearn that pattern it's got to relearn the cycle and if it has nothing to kick start it then like if you were going to learn how to drive for example you've got to have a car to start if you've got nothing I know it sounds a really weird analogy but if you have nothing to start it then you're not Mm -hmm. you're not gonna start necessarily I think another really important point here as well that is that many 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 females go on this form of contraception any form of contraception at an age where they've only just started their menstrual cycle yeah 100% it's not even like well established. Like when you go through your adolescence, your hormones are starting. I think I started my, I think I had my first period when I was about 14. Yeah. Some of my friends younger, some of my friends not until they were nearly 16. Everybody's different. But you get a couple of periods, you get a boyfriend, you're 16, you think, wow, I better go on the pill. Um, and I think everybody, 
I think in my age, pretty much went to the doctors, sent us a sexual health clinic and was like, yeah, there's microgynon, take that. I was like, okay, yeah. yeah, I'll take that, yeah. <laughs> the little green pill. The GPs you. bloody love microgynon. Cheap, Loved it. it. Yeah. <laughs> so I think you didn't even have that established proper, properly. Like, mm. it's, if you want to use the car analogy, it's like having a few lessons and then stopping and then expecting in 20 years' time being able to get back in a car. Like, you've not yeah. even learned how to do that properly. Your body isn't established you know, your periods probably at that point were all over the place. And that's a lot of reasons why people went on contraception. It's like, oh, my periods aren't regular. Yeah. They're probably not going to be your 15. Like, okay, like let your body do its thing. Um, so I think you, we stopped that. And I did that young. I was 16. Um, my periods were never regular. Um, I'd probably had three years of just like, okay, well, if I have a period, it comes. And it just was like random. I was a teenager. Like my body didn't know what it was doing. Um so I think that's important to understand as well. So basically, oh, we just froze there, Mads. Oh, sorry. That's all right. I think we had a little bit of an internet glitch. So yeah, I think it's important to understand that that you obviously turn off your your functions, and I think we almost turn them off before we even get started when we're young sometimes. Yeah. So I was a little bit concerned that you know, I want to have children at some point. I want my yeah. cycle to come back. You know. Yeah. Um, it's fine while I'm carefree and. I don't want a period and we spend so long avoiding getting pregnant that we potentially stop ourselves when we actually then want to being able to it's 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 madness but yeah I was a bit worried about that and I thought okay I need to do something about this what can I do and also just looking around that and looking at other things like my natural testosterone levels um, on those bloods and where those sat and, and other health markers as well. This isn't just about the contraception thing. It's, it's the whole picture. Um, and we need to remember that because it is, it is a whole picture. Um, so the first thing I wanted to try and do was remove my, um, remove my implant um, and had real trouble with this. And it took me about 12 months to actually get it out. I've only recently had it out. So at this time I started trying to make points with doctors and it was at the back end of COVID so we were still in a bit of a COVID weird um, situation at the back end of 2021, I think. That was when we went into another like lockdown around Christmas, yeah, the wasn't mini it? Mini lockdown, yeah. Mini lockdown. So the the doctors were like, well, you know, prioritizing certain things if it's not necessary. It hadn't expired at that point, mm. so they were like, well, you're fine. So they just didn't prioritize getting me in. I was put on a waiting list and just didn't hear back for months and months. Chase, yeah, you're on a waiting list, and I just really struggled to get in, and. It's, I think it's that's really hard because I was trying to make a decision to do something for myself, but because I couldn't just stop taking the pill and I had something inserted in my body, I couldn't just stop that. I, I was at the hands of, of the doctors and the NHS being able to do that. Um, so I was kind of stuck with it. So I thought, right, what can I do to improve some things in my body and to improve some markers to, to get me in a better position from, an, from a health point of view? I felt pretty rubbish. Um, felt pretty low generally libido wasn't in an amazing place mm. um my recovery wasn't amazing and generally like my energy mood was kind of down all the time and I think at the time I didn't realize how much until later when I corrected mm. a lot of these issues you know you think you walk around the way you do and that's normal um until you fix this stuff yeah so anyway off the back of my blood um me and Corey sat down and said well what can we do and we looked into different options and essentially from there we really concentrated on controlling what we could control and that was fixing my natural testosterone levels because they were in the floor yeah um if you want to put it like that at the bottom of the scale and 
we actually then implemented something called FemTest. Might be something people know about, might be something people don't know about. But like we touched on, on the first episode, like women have testosterone in their body. It's still a sexual hormone that we have. And we, we consider it a male hormone, but it's not. And women need, also need a certain level to function. It also controls a lot of our other things, um, our other natural hormone production. Obviously, I wasn't going to be able to do that. I might produce any natural hormones on my own because I had the implant in my arm. But this is something we could control. So we looked into it and actually started implementing um, what would be a female dose to put me in a physiological range. Now, this is a really important thing I need to touch on is because I think people get a little bit scared of this and they hear, especially... Competitors. I hear the word testosterone. 100% testosterone. Oh my God, you're taking testosterone? Wow, you're going to be, you're going to turn into a man. Yeah. You shouldn't it. have you're that. You're going to be a man. Mm. You're going to be a man. Oh my God. Yeah, don't do not do that. Um, And I think this is the non-spoken about bit and the lack of education. And this mm. is why people don't talk about it. And if they are taking it for their own reasons, they don't share that because they're worried about what people will think. Like oh yeah people are going to be like oh well you know you're you're doing this you're doing that and in the bodybuilding world you're taking gear oh you're doing this you're doing that and think that it's quite scary potentially for for people who have also been a natural athlete their whole life who's never or the whole competitive career if you are a competitor because it's you're seen as like somebody then oh you're trying to enhance your body you're trying to be assisted you're trying to improve what would be your natural physique and I think what people need to understand is a little bit and this is going to sound really basic but a little bit like when we supplement anything if you're deficient in iron you 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 improve that by taking an iron supplement in a really basic form you know if your testosterone is sat in the floor and it means that you can't function very well as as a biological individual then if you want to correct that to be able to 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 put yourself in a normal place and this is all about being normal we're not talking about doing anything crazy here. we're talking yeah, about we're not supernatural we're not it's supernatural just being it's, where we should be it's physiological it's putting us in a place where our body is happy and where it should function if you were a man and your natural testosterone level sat in the floor and you went to a doctor's they would prescribe you more than likely a, a hrt a hormone replacement dose of yeah. testosterone because and that's very normalized and, and people can talk about that with males and it's normal. It's fine. Oh, yeah, males need testosterone or you haven't got any. OK, so so the doctors give you it to take. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Talk about that with a female. Suddenly it's like a big red cross and people don't want to talk about it or you're you're this or you're that. And we need to normalize that a little bit because, you know, it's it's actually more common than you think for this to be the case with with women. Um, and, and to interject there, just on that HRT front, um, something that I learned last year when I was talking to doctors is your pill is HRT and HRT is the pill. People were like, oh, no, you can't do HRT, but I will take the pill every single day. But this it's literally the same thing because the pill is made up of progesterone and estrogen and that is what HRT is you are replacing what is missing except the difference is is when you are uh, younger and you have got periods and you want to stop them you take it whereas when women reach the menopause and it bottoms out they replace it it's the same thing and that's 
I think that's where the confusion comes in because it's got a different name. You say the pill or you say HRT, but inevitably it's the same thing. And I, I don't know, I don't know if I mentioned this to you, Mads, but I watched a documentary um, a short while ago and it was on mainstream TV, Channel 4, and it was talking about women in the menopausal state. And it actually said, oh, like, yeah. you've got HRT, but there's, they don't actually give them testosterone. And these women on this trial had a small amount of testosterone delivered to them through a patch on their arm. And all of the women in the study said, wow, I felt so much better. I didn't realise that I felt so shit because my testosterone was in the floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was the position that I was in. Um, and I took essentially a replacement dose that's what we'll call this it's a replacement dose yeah and it was with the aim of me getting my bloods done again which I did in February so three months later got my bloods done again and the aim was to put me in the physiological range yeah so you know I I wanted to sit in the physiological range and it wasn't about trying to push the boundaries and sit right at the top it wasn't about trying to be just over it wasn't trying to like use this for a benefit for muscle building it was about I want to be in a normal range where I should be to be a healthy human like like I would if any of my other bloods came back with a big red bold on it that said this isn't very good this is what I would do to correct it in exactly the same exactly the same function so essentially that's what we did and um we we redid my bloods and that we achieved that like I was able to achieve that I was able to get myself into a physiological range I actually um, when we first implemented my bloods came back a little bit high and then off the back of that we actually dropped it a little bit because it was never the aim to be too high and I think that's important to know is that off the back of the the reassessment we actually we adjusted it slightly um to make sure that I was in that range and we weren't pushing the boundaries because that's not what this was about yeah um, and the same and, would happen with, like we talked about earlier, vitamin B. Most yes. people that are competing are taking vitamin B every day. And then nine times out of ten, you'll come back and the doctors will be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Your vitamin B is through the roof. You need to stop that. So in the same way as if something is not where it needs to be, it's too low, you add it in. If something is too high, you reduce it. So it's, it's the same theory. It's the same theory, except with vitamin B, it will come out in your urine if you're taking too much. But with your testosterone, it isn't going to go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> you actually have to take less. But essentially, yeah. And I think the, the important thing to note with that, and obviously the whole point of this conversation is that I felt dramatically better. Mm. I didn't feel superhuman. I didn't go into the gym and, and was able to squat like Ronnie Coleman. Nothing crazy yeah. happened. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just felt normal. I just felt what I didn't realize was normal my sleep improved yeah it was like a fog I didn't know I had like Mm. I felt improved in terms of just general energy like recovery was a bit better I felt that like I didn't feel so sluggish in the morning Mm. and it's minor it's minor improvements but once I was there I was like actually this has made a massive difference to me um libido was massively improved and I don't think I ever realized that it wasn't amazing and this is something I'll openly talk about this like whatever you know people like oh you can't talk about sex you can't talk about drugs like I'll talk about whatever I like my libido was was not I didn't realize was what I thought was normal once I was actually in a normal range I was like ah okay like now I feel better yeah and 
it, it made a huge difference. Just that small incremental amount made a massive, massive difference to my daily life and therefore happiness. Yeah. Therefore, general mood. Um, anxiety, I think, as well around things like dropped because I was able to be a bit happier. So I was a bit more relaxed as a person. And it just yeah. had a knock on effect on everything. And and it just made a huge, huge difference to um, to my life, I would say, once I corrected it and realized that 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 was that was the issue so yeah I think I mean that's there's so there's, nice to hear yeah like literally everything a little waterfall effect and like as you were talking about it I know we're on audio right now but if anyone could have seen you talking about that you just like lit up when you almost like regaled the story of everything in my life just got better yeah it did it's um it's mad it's 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 like I can describe it as a bit like if you've had you know if you've had an illness it's like knocks you off your feet for ages mm. and then you feel better and you're like wow I'll never take for granted like not being ill again yeah you know like when you've come off the back of like four days of sickness and you're like I'll never take that for granted again that was awful it's yeah. a little bit like that like you come off the back of it and I was like wow that, I, fucking hell I feel loads better now mm. and yeah I think and just yeah, think how long you sat like that and I think because you were on it from 17 to how long how old were you and you kind of yeah like t- so I had I had the implant well in total and I'll talk about this in a minute for like yeah. 12 years so yeah you you felt that way for such a long time that that became your normal yeah you had adjusted to that fog um so you didn't really, and I think this is probably the same for a lot of people, male and female, you don't know that there's anything wrong because it's just, you've just gotten used to that being the norm. Yeah, well, normal is normal unless you've known anything different. If you've never mm. known anything different, then that is the case. I, I'd never known anything different. You know, I'd had the implant in my arm since I was 16. So even things like libido, energy, it wasn't like I had it put in and I was like, wow, this feels awful because I'd had it in six months it's all I'd really ever known I'd grown up with it that was my norm so yeah pretty pretty crazy really but yeah I think yeah it's 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 pretty crazy but it just shows that you know it's not something that's spoken about people obviously often don't think about it and I think something to highlight is that it's often not on female tests when you get your bloods done you have to actually request it and this is something we spoke about just before we jumped on the podcast we're having a bit of a chat about bloods and it's not something that is just on a female test, like a, a female blood test. It's like, okay, so yeah, we'll test for your female hormones in inverted mm. commas, but that doesn't include testosterone. Okay, well, why? You know, because it's not something that's really looked at and with females or even discussed. And actually, it's a driver for everything, so it's mad. It's kind of mad that like, so I've we we're obviously talking about the fact that I'd use Medijex. Um, and it's not on the female hormone um, blood test that you can do. And I was like, but it is a female hormone as well. Like, why is it not there? Um, mm-hmm. And and just to speak from my experience, like I had bloods done a couple of years ago by the GP. Um, and they were like, their, their response was, oh, yeah, everything's fine. Oh, in your books, it's fine. But like we've talked about with you, like where a regular person may sit in a physio- physiological range, if if you if the physiological range starts at 1.2 and you're 1.3, they're like, well, you're in range. Oh, yeah, exactly. Like, 
don't tell me that's fine I want to see this myself I want to be able to then compare it next time and I know that lots of um people will go to the GP because blood tests privately can be expensive um and so if you can get them done with the GP they go yeah great like but the levels that come with having a a private blood test done when, once you start, once you go private, you never go back because it, you, you just, it, it, there's so much more detail. And then something obviously we, we spoke about as well is doing them regularly. So you can compare, contrast, see the changes, see the ebbs and the flows. Um, and I know that's something that you're planning to go over with the, the changes in your bloods from throughout the, the year that you were doing them. Yeah, 100%. I think what is worth noting as well, people who are thinking about getting their bloods, just kind of continuing what Hannah just said, is that if you go to the GP as a female and ask to get your bloods done, they will not test your testosterone. Unless you go with them with a related issue to that. And even then, I don't think they, I don't think they look at it. They might do, but I don't think they do. It took me three goes to get test done because um, the first couple, they just... They were looking for the issue and they couldn't find it. So then they'd add a little bit more and a little bit more and more tests and more tests to the point where they tested everything and they were like, we don't understand. Um, so, yeah, that's when I was just like, I just wish I'd started with um, a private blood test in the first yeah. place. Yeah, just so you can see everything as it is. Yeah, I think in terms of like going on from there, if we sort of just jump back to I guess the linear story a little bit. Yeah. And after that, in in February, I obviously was in, jumped into prep, probably like three or four weeks before I, I had that, those bloods done, and went through prep um, with that same approach. So so running that regular fem test at, at the dose that I was at and, yeah. and functioned well. Went through prep, and um, but still had this implant in my arm. I still couldn't get out. I was still on a waiting yeah. list. Still being told all year that I was on a waiting list, and got to. Um, got to the back end of my prep had my bloods done again and still had this implant in my arm and it was at a point where I was like this really needs to come out because it's skewing my blood so like I'm getting my bloods done and obviously apart from my test levels being higher I'm still in a position where like I'm still like basically postmenopausal because my other female hormones are not where they should be mm-hmm. they're, they're in the floor so this brings me back to like the frustration that me and Hannah have both had with one education around these contraceptions two being able to get the, the service around one, the education from the doctors when you ring them up and speak to them about this, but also actually taking action on doing something about it. Mm. And so if I give you the full picture, the first time I tried to get this out of my arm was November, 2021. And I'd been chasing all the way through 2022 and got to a point in September when I had my bloodstone again, and I was like, I just need to get this out, so I'm just going to have to cry wolf and put a bit of pressure on here. So mm-hmm. I called up the doctors again and was like, okay, I know I'm on a waiting list, but I'm now in a position that for other health reasons, I need to now have this removed. Yeah. It's a priority for other health reasons. And you speak to an admin person on the desk who's not a doctor who's not going to ask you too many questions, and they're saying okay all right then so let me see what I can do and they passed me through three different clinics and three different phone numbers and I literally got passed around through the day like okay call these call these call these 
and I got through to a clinic actually only about four miles from where I live in the end um and got an appointment and yeah had literally had my implant removed within like two weeks I think um but I had to really ring up and apply pressure from a perspective that it was affecting other areas of my health and therefore I've been privately advised I need to get this removed which wasn't untrue you know in the bodybuilding world we talk you know our coaches talk to us and say this is what we need to do this is affecting this so we need we need to take action so essentially I wasn't I wasn't lying I am I just put a lot I also think even if you had told a white lie at that point you Mm. had been patient for such a long time and there comes a point when okay so yes we've we've talked about the fact that it was affecting your physical health but then when you're in a situation where you have no control over your own health and well-being it's like well no this is wrong now like I don't want this anymore it's like being forced to take a a drug I do not want to take this I've asked you to take it out I don't want to have to be on a waiting list for another year I think that is well within reason yeah 100% and yeah I agree with you I think we are allowed to take control of our bodies and if anyone who's listening to this decides like even just after listening to this I'm not saying make knee-jerk reactions you know we're here just to share our experience but you decide you don't want to do something anymore or you want a bit more of an answer or you want to change something that is up to you to be able to do that because you're in control of your body so you know don't let someone tell you you can't if you need to put a bit of pressure on to be able to do that if it affects your mental health and your long-term health then you can take control of that and yeah essentially that's that's what I did um and having that removed within I was actually extremely lucky within two and a half weeks of having that removed I got my first cycle back Amazing. and People talk about getting your period back and a lot of people think that when they like have a bleed, it's a period and it's not. There is a very big distinct difference. But I can say from experience, from symptoms and what happened, like I definitely got a period. And I would also give massive like credit to the fact that I've actually been running this HRT dose of test and to the fact that I got that back so quickly because Mm. my body was in a. A healthy environment where the other the other hormones within my body that I could have control over were at a good place and you know your your testosterone levels do drive to an extent you know I'm not going to go not going to talk medically here but they yeah. do drive other functions or a lot of the functions within your body so yeah. creating that stability that I already had because I created that a long time ago as soon as I removed the synthetic hormones that I was putting in my body as soon as I removed them my body was like, okay, all right, well, we kick, re-kickstart that function yeah. because we can, because we're supported in other areas. Yeah. I have to note this was off the back of my prep as well. I finished my prep at the end of July and had my blood done in the September. So I'd run a 10-week recovery phase where I was eating more, you know, above maintenance mm-hmm. and lots of micronutrients in my food. Like I was, I was being healthy and active mm-hmm. and, and eating well. And that also supports that. But it's important to understand that we need to make sure other variables are on in place as well when we're trying to get these hormones back. Yeah. But I, but I would give massive credit to the fact that that was in a good place and that actually has helped kickstart my re-kickstart my cycle, which I am very lucky and grateful for because I know that a lot of people aren't in that position. Um, and you know, it doesn't always happen like that. No. And 
Um, the other thing to say is I don't know what the official stats are on it, but when I've spoken to the doctors, they say it can once you come off a, a hormonal contraceptive, that it can be anywhere between a couple of weeks, three months, nine months. Um, they actually only start to look into it in the NHS and test things. I think after it goes past 10 months, they literally won't touch you for at least 10 months post um like coming off of uh, hormonal contraception um and and the other thing to play into that is if you're stressing about it and you haven't got faith in the process we're only going to make it worse like so the fact that UMAD's had a plan in place and you were confident in what you were doing and you were educated around it and you had a support network which were confident as well that's only going to alleviate any anxiety and stress that would kind of put more pressure on the body. Um, because as females, a little bit of stress plays havoc with us. Havoc. And I, and I think that I also, I, I went into the process of getting that out of my arm with zero expectations because I know now that this can take a long time. So I didn't sit there stressing about it. I honestly actually thought this is probably going to take a while. So I'm not mm. expecting it to come back in two weeks. Mm. I thought this is going to take a while. And even since then, like consistent education and and also experience tells me now more so than ever that, you know, being in a, a strong physiological position from my testosterone actually is probably one of the main drivers that brought that back into, yeah. into line so quickly. Um, I did, I prepped for six months and I was incredibly lean. And my body probably, if I if I wasn't supporting that, would have been not in an amazing, probably held position, even 10 weeks after a show, to be honest, even coming back up to, to maintenance and, you know, supporting that like we do when we come off, come away from shows, come away from a diet or, or anything. You know, we take multivitamins, we take yes. support, we take things to keep our levels at you know, at a good level because our body isn't very good at it when we get very lean and we often... We've we cut so much out, don't we? Yeah, we cut so much out. Our body, when we get that lean, prioritises the functions it needs to, like walking around. And this is why a lot of girls lose their periods when they're on prep, because the body isn't very good at regulating their hormones anymore or doing things like supporting their thyroid. It's, 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 a, it's a luxury item. Thyroid goes out the window, all these things. That's so, why, like, girls will see, and guys, to be fair, you'll see that your skin gets a bit shit. Um, your nails get weaker your hair maybe thins or like becomes um more brittle um that's why we see sleep is impacted like these are all triggers um and it's just like your body's signs it's like your body going to you I'm not happy right now guys like can you yeah can you do can you eat some veg can you can you just eat more can you do less can you just give me some time to recover so like you say I think it's really important in that post-show period to look at everything you can do to get yourself back into a natural physiological range in every aspect not just yeah. talking supplementation but like you say like eating your veg like like deloading on trading a little bit like don't just go balls to the wall straight away because again with women our bodies don't expect to be put under that amount of pressure so even a female weight training like heavy weight training it's 
massively impactful on us like and and that's something that I've learned over the last year that doctors will always say to you just pull back on that a little bit because like that's part of the problem as well so yeah on your on your blood test like I don't know if every, anyone uh, people listening will will have had their blood and will have looked at them but there are a lot of things that turn up in your blood test that are in like the red and you don't really know what they are you're like oh yeah. what's that oh what's that and often they're stress related yeah it's it's you know your central nervous system is is taking a hit and your you have enzymes in your body which increase when you put it under stress and increase when you damage muscles and all those come up in your blood as well and you know after prep like they're going to be high your body's tired your body's under a lot of stress and they're things as well which will cause other things to not function so well so mm-hmm. the whole picture it is about the whole picture it is about the whole picture and and understanding and we we have such a crossover here because we are bodybuilders and I think it's bodybuilders that listen to this podcast um and obviously your mum Hannah and friends as well, yeah. <laughs> but are not bodybuilders but I think to the bodybuilding community like there's a lot of we're talking mainly here about contraception and the impacts that that has on long term like mm. female health but also there is a massive crossover into our sport and the effect that that then has on us as as females in the sport and that's mm. down to how we recover that's down to you know muscle building it's down to sleep it's down to energy it's down to how quickly we can regain health in inverted commas again in terms of our cycle and it's, there's a massive crossover and obviously that's why we originally sparked this conversation between us yeah but I think from my perspective it's one of the best things that I ever looked into and did for myself and that doesn't mean that everybody who's listening to this needs to run off and be like oh I need to take home tests it's not about that it's about understanding that there is more to what we are doing than people maybe think and also if you are a female that's been on contraception for a long period of time or even a short period of time whatever contraception that you are using or have chosen to use it will and potentially can have or can or potentially will have a long-term impact on your health and just looking at how that looks is a big picture and this this applies if you are a natural athlete or an assisted athlete it will have the same or very similar effects on you as 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 an individual whether you're a competitor or not and that was why we started this podcast and this is why me and Hannah came together to share our journeys because we're both in a similar position but also in a very different position and we've both got two very different stories to share yeah I think we went through a similar thing when we were younger and then it's like you went right and I went left like yeah and, and that's the thing I think that's so interesting and I think that's where people can potentially take a lot of value from this because coming back to what we said at the beginning like everyone is different everyone's story is their own everyone's situation is their own and you can't treat things all in the same way like you can't not not everyone preps in the same way not everyone like will get the same results when they do exercise like if we're talking taking it out of the bodybuilding realm um not everyone will have the same result when they eat and drink certain things we're all so unique that you can't just copy and paste what someone else is doing um and like off the back of that if someone was in your shoes and they say they had their bloods done and it came back and said like just for the sake of the conversation that test was in the floor and they thought oh well that's what Mad's done so should I do that like how would you go about 
suggesting that they look into it like what what would be your guidance to them I think it would uh one thing that I would try and establish would be like what are your partly what are your goals like what are your long-term goals maybe if you're a competitor or not and also like goals as in um I think from a a health point of view turning into a family point of view are you on contraception now and are you looking to come off contraception or are you not taking anything where are you with that because like I said before like my contraception played a massive part in where my levels were so if someone came to me and was like my test levels are in the floor okay well if you're taking contraception I'll probably recommend taking that out first yeah then going through like a bit of a a recovery phase like let your body try and regain some normality and then retest and then see where you are and then revisit the conversation and say right okay well if you're sitting at the very bottom spectrum and it's affecting your day-to-day life and it's actually then affecting other things like you're not getting your cycle back Mm -hmm. and you know it's affecting your mood your recovery with everything else then it's something that potentially is worth considering um and then you speak about that say in a bit more detail with myself as a coach or whoever Mm. their coach might be and speak about how you would manage that and one thing that is really important to note here that we discussed earlier Hannah was like if you would look to implement that then consistent retesting is very important to see how this changes with you so what effect has that had on your other hormones so okay are your other female hormones now back in line with where they should be you get in a regular cycle like where are you sat with those you know retesting because just because you implement something once doesn't mean it's going to be suitable forever mm. like the dose may need to change you know if you if you are a little bit if you are you get older you get bigger you know these things all have a massive impact so everybody's dose is different Mm. um it has to be down to the individual and I think also what people have to understand is that when you take something like this your hormone levels exactly with a guy will be put into a good position for the time and period that you take it and if you suddenly decide one day that you don't want to take it anymore then often well what will happen is your body will then go back to what it would produce naturally that may be different to what it was when you first started taking it. It might not be too different. Depends how old you are. Depends what position you're in. You know, as we get older, our natural hormone production changes anyway. Yeah. You see it with guys all the time when they're adolescent. Their natural hormone testosterone production is through the ceiling. Mm. You know, as they get older, it drops off. So you need to understand as well that for as long as you put this in your body, then you are going to be fairly stable. It's something you can control. But at some point, you may want to stop doing that or not do that anymore and then understand that there's going to be like there's a peak there's a trough so you're going to come down from that so I think that's also really important yeah is that long-term sustainability with that and that's why I talk about goals so especially if you're going to compete for the next four to five years and you've got a competitive journey ahead of you and you're not on any contraception you keep getting your blood and you're in your off season and you're healthy in inverted commas mm. you eat your, your nutrients you know you're not you're not having yourself into the floor and nothing is happening you feel rubbish and your test is in the floor that would probably be where I would I would consider this with somebody um you know you're going to be competing for four or five years and you're going to be trying to diet and your body isn't very responsive and you're going to try and grow and it's not very responsive and you feel rubbish all the time that then it would be justifiable in my opinion 100 percent yeah um and if you're having trouble getting your natural cycle back as well then potentially that's something that you might want to look into but 
it's very individual for every single person. And that's, I think, reiterating what Hannah said at the beginning. You know, we're not health professionals. We're just talking from experience and the knowledge that we have. And I think that everybody needs to be treated on an individual basis. And everybody's bloods need analysing by a professional yeah. who's got a lot of experience in this. And I'm not necessarily talking about maybe even a health professional, but there's a lot of bodybuilding coaches that are very, very educated on this. And like individual um, females who spend a lot of time investigating this stuff. Yeah. You know, we've got a guest that we want to bring on here that has, has sort of dedicated her career to to female health. Yeah. Um, and getting advice from these people as well. So I think it's about individually, everybody is different. You have to analyse somebody individually on what their needs are, what position they are in their life, what their goals are, and then also where they sit as, as an individual. Yeah. Because you're right, everybody is different. Yeah. And and I think there's this idea, like we're so used to coaches and, and having these health professionals. It's normal for us. But a non-competitor or um, even someone that just doesn't go to the gym, they just enjoy learning and listening to the podcast. Um, I get so many messages from people that go, well, I'm not in your world, but I find it really interesting, you know, and it's it's really nice to hear that. And I really, really hope that they take something from this that you don't need to be a bodybuilder to take that side of your health seriously. Like all of these health professionals work with a whole range of people. You can be young, you can be old, you could be uh, of kind of like childbirth age. You could be anything, anyone, male, female, like they're there to help. And actually, in my experience, I don't want to shit on GPs, but they are general practitioners. That's not their specialist area. And you can go through a year, two years, three years to try and get put through to the right specialist. And then you still have to start the whole process over again. Whereas there are people that you can say, I'd like a consultation call with you. And yeah, you might have to pay for that. But it's not going to be hundreds and hundreds of pounds. It might be 100 quid for an hour with them. And they're going to look at all of your stats and they're going to help you come up with a plan for you. That is invaluable. And it's and like I say, I think that people outside of our world don't even know that's an option. And that's like quite scary to think that there's all of these amazing people that can help and they don't even know they exist. It's, it's madness and I, I think this is madness about our industry and this isn't to digress at all but I think there are some exceptionally educated and incredible individuals in our industry that have spent their life mm. dedicated to understanding and learning about about us as humans because what's crazy is like our sport is literally how do you get the most out of an individual that you possibly can that like physically how, how do you do that? Well, you you try and maximize everything, right? Mm. So to be able to maximize everything, you have to understand it. You have to understand how hormones work. You have to understand how thyroids work. You have to understand all the functions of the body that are going to be able to produce you the result you want, right? So they literally spend, and there isn't there isn't an award for that. There isn't no. a degree. There isn't anything like that. There is just time and education and learning. And I think people overlook it a little bit because it's not like an accredited thing. Like we're not, it's not, you know this industry isn't monitored like if you mm. can literally do whatever you want there's no accreditation here but these people coaches like 
like all of us, to be fair, spend a long time learning this. And there's some incredibly educated individuals out there that that understand this stuff in great detail. And from one like one to one experience, being actually at the hospital with Corey when he had his heart attack, mm. his his chiropractor, um, chiropractor, sorry, his uh, cardiologist, sorry, mm. his cardiologist said to him, this is like the leading cardiologist in the, in the southeast. He was like, you probably know more about the effect of the the drugs that you've taken on your body and your heart and the effect that they will have had than I do. He was like, this is my speciality. But mm. because you're in that industry and I'm not in that industry, he was very humble to say that I'm talking to you about this and my recommendations and, and essentially telling you what I'm seeing. But you and a lot of people in your industry will know a lot more about what effect that has had on you potentially than I do because you know specifically what those drugs do, how they affect the body. Also, maybe what you'll put in place to try and counteract that, which is completely different to him being, you know, presented with somebody who's got a heart issue from, I don't know, from maybe smoking for the whole life or something yeah. like that. So he's very humble in saying that. And I do agree with you, like GPs don't, this is why it probably took them three years to look into your test levels, because it's not something that's maybe going to jump out of them. And it's literally no discredit to, to them at all. But a GP is a, is a general practitioner. They know um, quite a bit about everything. But, you know, our, our, our world, if you like, is a real speciality in this kind of field and really understanding what those things do to the body. So I think yeah. a bit of credit there where it's due to how educated people have become in our industry around yeah. that, because there isn't really anyone else that knows that level of detail to be able to get so much out of somebody. Also, they care. Yes, they care. They care so much. Yeah. And it's like wild that you say to them, uh, and, and again, just talking from my experience, I don't know about you, Mads, but um, like I could say to a doctor or whatever, like I've, I've got a specialist um, who I work with and I can tell him something and he takes it on board. But he like goes, yep, yep, yep. Like it's fact. I've spoken to so many people in the last week. Like, OK, it's just more detail, more information. Whereas I can say to Ross, my coach, like this is how I feel. And he goes, right, if she feels that way, what could that mean for her physiological, like her, what's going on inside? Like, there's a lot to be said for how you feel and how you can explain that. So if you are feeling a certain way, talking about what you said earlier about that fog, if you feel that fog and you don't know why, but, and and I can speak from my own experience here that because my hormones are in the floor I have no real highs or lows I just I just kind of feel like on a steady keel all the time so I never get super excited about anything but equally I very very rarely cry because I'm just like a bit numb all the time yeah so when you say that to a doctor I've said that to a GP and they've instantly like wanted to go, you're depressed. Let's treat the depression with pills. And I'm like, well, I'm not depressed. Like, let's not throw these big words around. It's like there are a lot of people that have depression. It's a very different thing. But yeah. if I said to Ross, I just don't feel ever very happy or very sad. He's like, that's because of your hormones. And then he'll go through a whole spiel and explain it to me. Yeah. Yeah, 100 percent agree. And yeah. I, I feel those peaks and troughs now. It's actually yeah. really funny timing and 
obviously this podcast will go out on a different day to what today really is but when we were looking to record this today I thought this is uncanny timing because I'm actually due my second ever period if you like since coming yeah. up on contraception and it's a week late so my body's still kind of trying to find some regularity but today I felt like I wanted to cry every single time I picked up a weight in the gym <laughs> I've had a headache for 24 hours and I'm like okay um and I said that to Cal this morning because I was due my cycle to come last week when I went on my deload and it didn't come and I spoke to him today I was like okay I've had a headache for 24 hours and I feel like I just want to cry all the time he was like yeah this sounds familiar it will come tomorrow like thank you (laughs) (laughs) because I now feel that like I feel those events I can feel when it's coming and it's really weird because even though I hadn't had that in 12 years when I got my first period back I literally knew it was coming because I felt this like weird sensation like my body was telling me it was coming I was like oh I've got a headache and I like I just feel like I want to cry and I'm just like I I just couldn't describe how I felt and Corey was looking at me he was like what is wrong with you (laughs) I was like I literally don't know what is wrong with me but it's um it's not okay and then yeah and then it came and I was like ah that makes sense now I was like ah yeah that's what it feels like so why am I really sad that I've run out of jam like why am I crying right now (laughs) literally was on the leg press today and I was like three three reps in and I just put I just put my hands off the handles I was just I just want to cry I don't know what's wrong with me so if it doesn't turn up tomorrow maybe there's something else wrong with me I'm not sure (laughs) oh well let's pray for the uh, period tomorrow (laughs) something like that maybe pray for Mads hashtag pray for Mads pray for the cycle <laughs> I am um, just a little touch on that I actually downloaded the flow app I don't know if anyone uses this to try mm. and predict when it would be it's something you can do and um all I've it's done people is... like say a lot of good things about like tracking all of your symptoms every day though yeah I mean some days like most of the time generally like, you don't really I, I've not felt you really have symptoms every day but mm. especially like around when your cycle is coming mm. that you definitely like get symptoms my resting heart rate this morning when I got up was like, it's usually about 62, 63. Mm. And, I, and I put a cuff on my arm and it was like, it was like 110. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> that is not okay. I'm like, I'm not well. I like my body temperature was up. And I was like, oh my God, mm. I'm not well. But that sort of stuff is like, that. I mean, that's, and it's really, it's good at predicting. Um, I mean, it's told me every day for the last week, like consistently that I'm a day further away from where it should be. Like, OK, you're six days late, now you're seven days late. I'm like, OK, thank you. Mm. That's going to cause me stress and anxiety. But mm. no, it is useful. It is really useful. So if anyone doesn't use a, an app to track, then I would probably recommend it just so you can understand where you are in your cycle. Especially as a bodybuilder, it makes a massive difference with um, how you can train, your strength, your recovery, depending on which phase you are in your cycle. So just... Mm. And not in too much detail, but just understanding where you are in your cycle, like actually really helps you understand maybe why you are performing in the gym better or you might not be. Like, it does make a difference. I mean, we are like data is life, isn't it? Like anything that we can track, anything that we know, um, anything that we can refer back to at a later date and collate and compare and data is king or actually scrap that data is queen queen data is queen um and and if you are in a situation where you need to speak to a specialist or you want to speak to your coach being able to say to them 
here's everything I felt, here's everything I've tracked over a period of time, here's everything I know, here's all my blood work. It means that you don't have to go through more investigation. So even if you think it doesn't mean anything, even if you are what deems to be healthy and um, you are running a cycle, not having a bleed, but you are running through your cycle, even if you think, well, I don't need to do that, there's no harm in doing it. And in the long run, if you do happen to need that data at any point, say you um, talking specifically about female health here and reproduction. If you go to have children in a couple of years time and you're struggling to be able to say to a fertility specialist, oh, here's all my data for the last two years about my cycle, my hormones. You're already ahead of the game and like you've done a lot of the back work for them, the legwork, sorry. So, yeah, like data is queen. Absolutely. And we love it as well, don't we? We do love data. We love the data. Um, so, yeah, I think on that note, I think I've given you my whole, my contraception testosterone journey in one very long synopsis there. But I hope it's helpful for people. Um, and I hope that, I hope it's interesting as well, because. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Even if people listen to this out of interest, because it's new and it's different and they don't really understand it and they wonder if it would affect them or if it's relevant etc like, I hope that people found it interesting mm. and like me and Hannah have said like we're not specialists but we are here to share our journey and just be really open and honest and point mm. in the right direction to speak to the right people if you need to speak to somebody I think is probably a good thing to add there that we can point them in the right direction so yeah I'm hoping that I'm hoping that people have enjoyed that yeah, I, I, I speak for myself. I enjoyed it. I knew a lot of it already, but I still sat there, bated breath, listening to your story. Um, and I don't think that anyone's going to have heard a story like it. I think it's very common and I think people will resonate with it massively, but it's not something people talk about. And we need to kind of break that we need to get people speaking about things we need to normalize these sorts of conversations and just to kind of come back to what I said at the beginning like absolutely but massively appreciate the fact that you have chosen to be open about this and that you've done this series with me um and yeah I just want to say a massive thank you and and if anyone wants to ask either of us any questions on it I'll speak for Mads here and say like our inboxes are always open um if you want a consultation with her or Corey about it, then reach out, book that in and, and they can talk about it with you. Um, I don't offer anything like that because I am not a coach. I don't even profess to know a lot about it. It's just talking about my experience. Um, but Mads is very educated because she's she's gone on her own journey so that she can help other females that have been in a similar boat. But yeah. Very, very open to it. And I don't mind anyone who wants to send me a message. We are more than open to talking about it, even if it's just for support you know yeah. you might you might not even think that this journey in my journey is relatable to yourself but what it might do is spark you some questions around what you're doing and maybe if it's the right thing and you know the fact even you might if you've have got been, a friend in the situation or a sister or a daughter or yeah. a wife like you just want to know more about it and and I appreciate anyone that's listening just for their own benefit and education like it means a lot that everyone's gonna try and get on board with this and, and learn a little bit more um but we have had enough of everyone's time for one day um I just want to thank 
thank you uh, for listening and um, thanks Mads for um, as I say joining me and telling your story um, if anyone wants to find Maddie where can they find you you can find me on Instagram Mads Raw and our coaching page is Raw Coaching so if you've got any questions either page we are we are on hand to answer anything that you need amazing thank you Hannah that's all right pleasure as always (laughs) until the next time see you later everyone